Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I want to talk about the quarterback room and building the best quarterback room during the offseason is going to be what John Lynch and Kyle Shannon are trying to do. And there's just more and more question marks. You got Trey Lance, a uh, big-time draft pick. Of course, everyone knows that. But he's coming off injury. He's about a week away from being fully healed and, and cleared and ready to go, hopefully, as the last that we've heard. So Trey Lance, there you go. Potentially one healthy quarterback. Then you get the news this week that Brock Purdy has had his potential surgery moved back. So they said move back to March. Does that mean it's going to be a week? Uh, it could be as simple as, right, they wait for it to be a week, and then the swelling goes down, he has a surgery, and the timeline doesn't change a lot. But there's already been question marks about that timeline. It's six months, uh, three months for recovery, three months to build the strength back up in his arm, be full, ready to go. We've seen quarterbacks have the surgery. One of the most recent ones, a former 49er, Nick Mullins. Uh, Nick Mullins was throwing the football at four months. I believe Jack Hammer's the one that posted the video of that uh, a few weeks ago. So it, we can be optimistic that Brock Purdy is going to be able to have the surgery and come back if it is just the, the brace that goes along with it. If it's a more uh, in-depth surgery, he could be out nine months. So the 49ers definitely have some decisions that need to be made in the quarterback room. Trey Lance is the obvious choice right now. I'm sure he's going to get all the reps during OTAs. He's going to get all the reps during the offseason and probably for most of training camp, if not all. But the 49ers have to figure out how to build this room. Depending on what happens with Brock Purdy, it could twist it a bunch of different ways. Now, I'm sure the 49ers are really hoping that Brock Purdy has this surgery before free agency starts. Uh, free agency, of course, starts March 15th. And they like to be able to know when he's going to be available. Is that surgery 
Do they have the six-month surgery? He's going to be ready in September. So then you at least have two healthy quarterbacks going into the season. Potentially, yes. I think that's what he's ho- what they're hoping. Uh, but what if something goes wrong? Or, or what if the timetable gets pushed back past the free agency point? The 49ers are going to have to make a decision. What decision is that going to be? Could Do they go get a veteran quarterback? And at what point you know, is it which veteran quarterback do they go get? You know, do they go get a guy who can win football games in case you know, Trey isn't ready to go or, or Trey struggles? Or do they just go get one of those kind of middle-of-the-road, cheap guys you know, that they've brought in before? Somebody that can just be a significant player within the room. I think it's a good question uh, that the 49ers are going to have to answer. Uh, but let's go through and let's talk about some of the some of the players the 49ers are going to potentially have available. Now, we know Trey Lance and Brock Purdy will be a part of this roster uh, Brock, depending on how the surgery is, will either be on the active 53 coming out of training camp or he will be on the pup list, uh, physically unable to perform. And then in that case, uh, he could be out the first, you know, several weeks of the season. So four years are going to have some decisions, but who is actually available in free agency? And I, of course, you hear all the big names, uh, but the big names is not what it's about, right? They're not going to pay Derek Carr, you know, close to $40 million to come play the quarterback. Um, more than likely, Tom Brady has officially retired. I know Mike Florio came out today and said you know, fl- that he expects that if the 49ers wanted Tom Brady, that Tom Brady would be willing to come back. But he's already started putting in his paperwork to the league, which usually signals, yeah, I'm stepping away. He said he was going to take a year off and that he was going to go ahead and go into announcing and broadcasting for Fox. He's got the huge contract there, 10 years and over $300 million. So, uh, there are some decisions that, of course, have to be made you know, for the 49ers, and I don't know if Brady really fits into that, so I'm going to leave him out of this. Uh, it's not going to be Baker Mayfield. Now, Sam Darnold is an interesting one because Sam Darnold is only 25 years old. He has all, you know, drafted very high. He's a top 10 pick by the Jets. But the fact he's only 25 years old, he's still a young guy. He's he's big, strong. He's got a big arm. felt like he played a little bit better in Carolina last year. Um, but he is familiar with the system. Uh, he played, you know, with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur there in in New York. So he's a guy that has an understanding of what the system looks like and, you know, what he can do within the system. So I think that he makes a lot of sense for the 49ers, especially when you look at what the projected cap number is going to look like. And $5.1 million per year is affordable. And the reason it's affordable is because you're going to be pouring in $11 million uh, into your room between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. So there is some ability there to take on a contract like $5 million, especially if you put together a two-year deal and had you know the guaranteed money this year, uh, but for a lower cap number. I think that's potentially what they could do. Last year, they were willing to give Nate Sudfeld $2.5 million. Uh, so there is some money that you know they could play around with there. I don't know how people feel about Sam Darnold overall. Uh, Darnold is not exactly the most liked around this league, but he's still a young guy with a lot of potential and a veteran who's been around a little bit. What's up, Traffic? How's it going? So I think Darnold is definitely a possibility for the 49ers because when building this room now, with the questions surrounding Brock Purdy, I would have said, you know, before that, uh, before the questions about Brock Purdy with the surgery getting moved back, that you roll into the season with Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and then a maybe a very low budget, uh, you know, free agent quarterback, and then you draft someone. You make sure you have four quarterbacks 
Brock's going to be out most of the offseason, so you need guys to take reps anyways, so you make sure you have enough quarterbacks. But the reason I would say that is because of who you got at the the coach, the quarterback coach in Brian Greasy. You don't really need a veteran presence in the room. Now, is it nice to have a guy like Nate Sudfeld, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo working with those guys, showing them what it's like on the field? Yes. But when it comes to intelligence, reading defenses, understanding how to get in and out of each call, uh, those are all things that can be handled by Brian Greasy. So I don't think that the veteran presence is as significant in that room for that reason. I think now it's about getting that guy capable of playing on the field. Uh, and that's one of the things you have to worry about. If Brock is going to be out, let's say he goes, he is out into the season, well, then you need a quarterback that could be there in case something happens to Trey. It's nothing against Trey Lance, but he's played two in two seasons and been hurt in both. And I think that, you know, you, you hope he stays healthy the entire time. Just no guarantees. Or Sam Darnold, I know I've even been very critical of him, but he's a guy that's big and strong. He can run the, the play-action pass game that Kyle Shanahan likes. He has the arm to be able to press it vertically. Uh, it's just about timing. It's about getting chemistry. And I've seen what Brian Greasy did with the young quarterbacks, even what how Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers were the best that they've been so far. To me, that means that Clay Kubiak and Brian Greasy have a formula to work with quarterbacks that fit within this system. So if you could add a young guy like Sam Darnold, who's going to be 26 years old when the season starts, but who has those capabilities, he can go in there with a defense like the 49ers have and be competitive. The one thing you'll have to do is make sure he doesn't turn over the football very much. But this is also a guy who's very familiar with your new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. He was playing quarterback for Wilkes just last year. So I think Darnold is an option for the 49ers because it's going to be cheap. This will be an opportunity. And, you know, players and quarterbacks who haven't been you know, are maybe not going to be starters, might look at the 49er situation as a good one. As you've seen quarterbacks go down over the last several years, it presents opportunities to be able to get on the field. And I know you never wish for anyone to get hurt, but I think that that's an opportunity. So Darnold, for me, is an option, especially for the low amount of money that he's going to be making. Another one is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Bridgewater just played for Mike McDaniel in Miami. He understands the system. He knows what's going on. I think he, you know, didn't live up to the six point five million dollar contract that he that he made last year. He's definitely would have to take a pay cut to come to San Francisco, but he's a veteran that could come in and win football games. He's a better option than a lot, you know, that we've had. So I think he's another one you add to the list with Sam Darnold. And when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, he's used to running an efficient system. He gets the ball out quickly. He gets it to the receiver he's supposed to. Um, I think I, I believed he was going to be more dynamic when he came out of Louisville, running around a little bit more, uh, making a few more plays. But at this point in his career, I think he is going to be relegated to a backup job. Last year, he played in five games. He, he only took 141 snaps, uh, so not a lot there. It's not like when you look at Sam Darnold, where he played in six games uh, and took three times those snaps. So it's a little bit of a different category. Uh, between the two, even though Darnold's interceptions lower than Bridgewater's, if you're looking for someone that's going to take care of the football, it might be a good way to go there. And then you got Chase Keenum, another good option. He's really older now, 35 years old, but he's been around. He's played in playoff games. Uh, so there are opportunities potentially for him 
I think a lot of people would be excited about Chase Keenum as a you know third or even a second option if Brock Purdy was out for a little bit of time. I think that would make a lot of sense. So what's up, Jay Ellie? And Jay Ellie says not big on Teddy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm more on the other end with Darnold uh, compared to Teddy, and I'm a lot farther along on Case Keenum as well. And Keenum's going to be cheap. You know, I mean, he's probably going to be around three to four million dollars on the open market. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, another guy the 49ers would be interested in. I think Brissett can probably get a better job uh, than the 49ers potentially third string quarterback with the amount of stats that he's put up. He's proven to be very good. I mean, last year he played most of the games uh, and most of the snaps, and he had nearly 3,000 yards passing. Did a good job taking care of the football, and because he played for Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, he has an understanding of the system that Kyle Shanahan runs. It's not all going to be the same, but verbiage uh, is very similar. Some of the moves and shifts are very similar. So I think that is important to remember when we're talking about quarterbacks 49ers could potentially bring in. It's a lot easier for them to bring in a veteran quarterback who fits the type of scheme that the 49ers run, number one. Number two, that understands some of the verbiage and some of the you know the play calls and, and formation changes and things like that. Because Kyle Shanahan's offense is so uh, complex that so you have to understand, you know, exactly everything that he's going to be doing, uh, and that's a little bit, a little bit tough. And what's up, Mr. Corey? How's it going? Uh, Jaylee says Cooper Rush. Uh, that's a possibility. And Jaylee says, uh, you know, Jacoby would be nice. Uh, and you know what? He he could he would be nice in this 49ers, you know, scheme. And I think that there's a lot of you know. There's actually a lot of veterans that make sense for the four years as their third guy, Andy Dalton. Um, it was just two years ago, right, that the rumor was in 2021 that the 49ers were ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, that they were going to go with Andy Dalton, um, and then you know eventually Trey would take over. But then Dalton got $10 million on the open market, and they're like, wait, wait, no one's giving him $10 million to come here and start. So uh, Kyle, you know, went back to Jimmy Garoppolo and then they went with Trey, you know, eventually once Jimmy went down, then Jimmy came back, uh, but Dalton was definitely on their mind. So I think we have to keep him in mind as a guy too, that played 14 games for the saints last year. And he had nearly 3000 yards. And I think you have a guy that understands everything you could possibly throw at him defensively. He's a guy that proved last year with the saints. You can win football games with good defense. I don't think he could win, you know, playoff games for you. Uh, but when you're bringing a guy in as a veteran right now in this quarterback room, you're really bringing in guys that can give support to your young players and can really be a solid number two until potentially Brock Purdy's ready. Uh, because, of you know, let's say Trey Lance was in week three and he went down with an injury, Andy Dalton could step in for a few weeks until either Trey Lance was ready to come back or Brock was ready to come back. Uh, but what we've learned, right, is you have to build a quarterback room that is – as made of a, a few parts. I think this would be a lot easier if Trey and Brock weren't hurt. If Trey and Brock weren't hurt, you would have the understanding that those two guys could come in. You could bring in a, another young rookie. That's what I would have done because Brian Greasy, or you could bring in a very uh, cheap veteran like Nate Sudfeld, who Sudfeld is also available on the open market and could potentially be somebody the 49ers target. We know Trey Lance loved Nate Sudfeld. Kyle Shanahan really likes him. Kyle didn't want to move on from him but they couldn't afford to lose Brock Purdy. And boy, were they right. You just can't lose Brock Purdy. Uh, that was such a great move. And, and now Purdy is, you know, one of those guys that could be competing for a starting job. So I, I think that, you know, that's something to remember. 
Um, and Mr. Corey says, hey, I want Andy Dalton to back up Trey. Uh, you you could you could be right, JLE saying Mike White. I don't know if it's gonna be White. I think he wants to start. Uh, so we'll see. And, and what's up, Paul? How's it going? Says, hey, yeah, good to see you. Hope all is well. Just want a quality room and no stupid quarterback controversy of two young quarterbacks seem to be very adept at rooting for the team first. Yeah, it, it, and what is up, Lou? How's it going? I, I think, you know, I think when it comes to the quarterback room, unfortunately, there's going to be quarterback controversy. We've got two young studs, and there's just question marks about both, right? I think Greg Cassell said it really well this week. We can't fully judge Brock Purdy off six to seven games, but boy, were those six to seven games really fun to watch. And he definitely helped his offense operate at a high level. I think what brings into question Brock Purdy's status as quarterback one is the injury. And the fact that they moved it back a week means now we've got the potential that, you know, it could get moved back again or that the timetable starts making it. So he's potentially not ready till week one. I don't know how comfortable Kyle Shanahan will feel with a Brock Purdy that maybe hasn't been able to work up all the way to a number one spot, you know, and I think that Trey may get their nod early on, but I want to wait and see once the surgery is done, hopefully before a uh, free agency starts. So the four years know how to handle the free agency market as far as a backup quarterback, they can give a really good idea of where Brock is going to be. Now it's all going to be about insulation so you do have to bring in a veteran quarterback. I was not going to go that route. I actually was going to go and make this video a couple days ago uh, before the news came out about, about Brock Purdy. And I was going to say, hey, we don't have to have a veteran quarterback. If you can get one really cheap, like Nate Sudfeld for the league minimum, do it. Great. You won't be one of the top 51 contracts. No effect on you. But with that news that Brock Purdy surgery got moved back, it started to get questions about whether they needed to bring in somebody else to insulate this room uh, because I love the two guys we have at top. And I think most 49er fans can compartmentalize that. Hey, whoever's starting out of the two, we're rooting for them, whoever it is. That's what we want. Uh, so I think that we can do that. I just think it's difficult for some because there's Purdy guys, there's, there's Trey Lance guys, and then there's 49er guys. And that's where I think a lot of us in chat sit. It's 49er guys. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of like waiting to see what happens with Brock. If Brock's not available for training camp, it's going to be Trey Lance early on in the season. Um, and then if he plays well, then it'll be Trey Lance. And if it, he doesn't, then that'll leave the door open for Brock Purdy. Bailey says the offensive tackle James from Baltimore or Taylor from the Jags uh, likes both of those. Mr. Corey says if Trey Lance can't uh, seize the job now, then he doesn't deserve it. I mean, I think that's correct. I mean, he knows what he has to do. Uh, he's going to have another full offseason that's going to put him a little bit more comfortable with this system. He's going to get to work with all the different receivers. Uh, Debo will be able to work with him during the offseason this year. Last year, he couldn't because he was in the midst of the contract negotiations. So uh, that will help. And I think the 49ers are just going to want to work really hard to make this happen. Uh, so we'll see. It'll be Trey Lance's first time you know, in a backfield with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, just the additions that they've had on offense. A healthy George Kittle. So I do think that'll help Trey Lance out a lot. Um, so yeah, that how how about them Niners says I would like to draft Hayner. I was just watching Hayner a little bit earlier. I'll be honest, I've started breaking down draft uh, draft picks, uh, and I'm gonna start posting some of those. But I, I looked a little bit at Hayner. I think Hayner is an option for the 49ers. The question will be, do you want to draft Hayner that early in the draft? Are you going to address quarterback in round you know round three, round four? 
uh, one of the 49ers would have to either draft him with one of their, you know, third round comp compensatory picks or trade up into the fourth round. I'm not sure that's something they ultimately want to do. Now, what's up, East Coast uh, Red and Gold Podcast? How's it going? Um, I think that he's he may be moving, he may move up the draft boards enough to be out of the reach of 49ers, right? Last year, the big talk, 49ers are going to get Christian Watson. We want Christian Watson. You know, Christian Watson was right in that, you know, 50 to 60 range early on in the process. He goes to the combine. He runs a 4-3, and next thing you know, he's at the end of the first round. So I think Hayner is going to move up draft boards a little bit. I think he definitely is somebody that's hot on people's minds. And if you watch the film, it stands out. But there are other options as well. The 49ers can address it later on in the draft when you get to the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th round. And we've seen them have success in all areas, in all positions in those areas. So I think Hayner is definitely somebody that's interesting for the 49ers in the draft. I just don't want to get fixated on him because I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that the 49ers are going to have to be interested in uh, because you might not want to use one in that third round. You might want to get an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, uh, an interior defensive lineman, or even a safety in those areas, which I think are going to be highly available for the 49ers at those spots. There's some good players that you know I've already started breaking down. So I'm excited about it. JLE says, agreed. The later Purdy surgery is pushed back, the more we look at vets instead of a rookie. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of where everything is going right now. Uh, but hopefully, Brock Purdy will have the surgery early on in March and they'll have an understanding of, oh, yes, a six month surgery and the 49ers can move accordingly. I think in that situation, they could look to go for a Nate Sudfeld, uh, bring him in. He's real comfortable in the system. He could play behind Trey Lance all through training camp. He would feel comfortable in the system. The 49ers wouldn't have a lot of change. Brock knows him as well. And then you draft a young guy in April and you have those four, you know, in the room. And then when Brock's ready to come back, you make a decision, you know, one way or the other, whether you take your young rookie and put him on the practice squad or whatever you have to do. Uh, but until then, you have some decisions that need to be made. Now, if Brock's surgery gets pushed back farther or it ends up being a nine-month surgery, it changes who you're going to target. Uh, I think that is the case in which the 49ers do look at more of the higher higher priced uh, free agent um, potential backup quarterbacks. Uh, and I think that's where it gets interesting. You know, do they go after, you know, those those kind of upper echelon guys that have starting potential? I think that's where it gets uh, pretty critical. Um, and Jaylee says, like the Houston quarterback Thune. Okay, I haven't looked at him a whole lot, but I have been breaking down some of the wide receivers uh, that play there. So I'm going to break him down. Uh, a little bit more JLE. I think he's one that I'm definitely interested in. And if you guys have, um, you know, prospects you guys want me to look at, you guys want me to break down, send them to me. I'm, I'm going to start doing breakdowns on all that. I've been getting into a lot of the different positions, but uh, I definitely haven't completed my evaluations on most. I've just got preliminary looks. But yeah, he's somebody that I'm interested in looking at um, for sure. There was a couple other guys, you know, that I've been um, very curious about. And, you know, maybe not, high name high high profile guys i think a lot of people uh, will know that i like i've been watching max duggan i think max duggan's got some ability there you know depending on who you go to he's he's ranked really low or really high uh depending on who's been breaking them down um of course i've heard people bring up you know dorian uh thompson robinson uh potentially as you know somebody that could come in and another guy that i liked um, i'm gonna do more study on him but i've looked at him you know uh, a little bit and he's i mean he's a you know he he's somebody that's probably not sexy pick but tanner morgan out of minnesota uh i like the way he handles himself in the pocket 
Uh, he's got pretty good velocity and and he's got good accuracy. A lot of the quarterbacks, I mean, a lot of the wide receivers don't have to adjust or slow down when the ball gets to him. So those are things that I'm looking for because, of course, when you're breaking down these process, uh, prospects, what's up, Forktall? It's not just about breaking down players and how good they are, but breaking them down is for a scheme fit. Do they fit what Kyle Shanahan wants? Uh, once you figure that out, do their skill sets match exactly? Or what are their skill sets going to be in Kyle's system? It's all about scheme fit. So there's lots of players in this draft that are very good football players, uh, but maybe wouldn't be on the 49ers big board or on their target list uh, because their skill set doesn't match what the 49ers do on offense or defense. Uh, so remembering those things is important. And I think sometimes we talk about players, and I, I see players all the time that come up on Twitter they're like, oh, look at this guy. This guy would be great for the 49ers. And you watch him, you're like, that guy does not fit what the 49ers do. Uh, and I think that's one of the big things that we remember when we're breaking down guys. So I'm excited, though, about overall the draft class. It's a little bit better than I thought in the deeper part of it. Uh, and Phillip says, what is the price range for a veteran quarterback free? I think you're trying to keep it as low as you can. I mean, I think if you could, if you felt, if if Shanahan felt really comfortable, you know, Brock's going to be back after, you know, the six months, uh, Nate Sudfeld at the, the league minimum, I think they'd feel really comfortable with that, with drafting another young quarterback. I think if you have to go, you know, to a, a, a veteran quarterback, uh, that's maybe you have to potentially play because you're worried about him being the, the, the second string quarterback behind uh, Trey until Brock is ready. I think you're willing to go, you know, four to five million a year. Uh, and I know that's tough to hear, but the way you work the contract, you can kind of push it out uh, to make sure that you give it some of it in signing bonus and then stretch it out over a couple of seasons uh, because you got to make sure you have a quarterback that you feel comfortable with. You can't roll with a, you know, another backup or a guy that can't win football games. And I think that's something, you know, to remember. Um, Paul says per, uh, Purdy has definitely given the NFL a different way of looking at prospects for the Purdy effect. It definitely did. I mean, that was one thing that Cassell said. He was on with Matt Miyoko and uh, Jennifer Lee Chan over on uh, 49ers Talk, and he discussed the fact that he missed on Brock Purdy. You know, and there were some teams that didn't even have Brock Purdy on their board. So I think that's you know something to remember. But uh, the 49ers did because he fits the scheme. He fits the system. They were looking for a quarterback in that range. Uh, all the scouts gave quarterbacks that they they liked in that that kind of area, and then Clay Kubiak and Brian Greasy went through those quarterbacks, found Brock Purdy, decided he was someone they were really high on and and wanted to bring in. And that's how they did it, and that's how you get the marriage of the two together. Uh, scouts combined with the quarterback coaches, Kyle Shanahan, come together, uh, decide yeah these guys fit the system. They're going to be able to operate our offense. They're going to be they show the right stuff. You know, mentally, Brock Purdy's one of the smartest dudes. Um, he's going to be able to get him in and out of checks. He understands how to get rid of the football on time. And then he has a little bit of escapability, too, there, a little wiggle. So, yeah, I think it is going to change the way some teams look at quarterbacks for sure. Uh, I think it, every year you get a better idea of what Kyle Shannon and John Lynch are looking for at positions. The longer you uh, get deep into the draft, you just figure out, okay, they're looking for this or for that. And it gets a little bit easier, but it's definitely not always a perfect science. I mean, Aaron Banks is the an outlier, for instance. The 49ers normally draft offensive tackles and then move them around, whether they play tackle, guard, or center. That's what they do in college. Normally, tackles are the best athletes, so they're the easiest ones that are the most pliable. They're usually the best you know, linemen on the field in college. 
Uh, so it, it makes sense that you would go that direction. But with Aaron Banks, it was not. He did not fit the system as far as his body, his size, getting to the second level. It didn't make a lot of sense. He was a guard, not a tackle. A lot of things that made you see that one come out of left field, but they felt he had the, the feet. They felt that he had you know the ability to thrive in their system, and Chris Furster made it happen. So uh, it's one of those things that's kind of interesting. But overall, I think the four years have a clear, defined role you know, for how you draft players within their system. And we've seen that, you know, coming on, um, you know, recently. Okay, so let's see what we got here. Lou's, Lou's got a question. The two will have to be able to stick on the practice squad when both are healthy. Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, you could potentially have to have a veteran that could get to the practice squad. Uh, we'll see what the league ends up doing. Maybe the competition committee will throw everyone a little bit of a line after what happened in the NFC Championship game. And they will make it so a third player can be available, you know, at a quarterback, an exemption to have a third quarterback available that doesn't count against your 53-man roster on game day. Uh, if if they did that, uh, that would definitely change the game because then you would want, you know, another guy there, a veteran quarterback available or a third quarterback. You could leave your rookie quarterback on the practice squad, especially if he was a late-round guy. So that would be very nice for the 49ers if the league decided to do that. Don't know if that's going to happen. How about them? Niners says, ah, oh, gotcha. I kept seeing Hayner projecting the fifth to sixth round. I wouldn't take him in round three. Hopefully he falls to our fifth round range. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen him in a, in a bunch of different ranges. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen some of these college guys, you know, moving around a little bit. Uh, guys like Stetson Bennett, I've seen him because of his off-field issues. Anywhere from a fourth round pick all the way to a seventh round pick. You know, and I've seen Jake Hayner. And of course, we'll get an idea once the combine happens and, and his pro day where he's going to end up being. But I've seen him, you know, listed as some people have him in the third round and some people, like you said, have him all the way in the fifth and sixth round. It's all about the eye of the beholder. And, you know, last year, Danny Gray was someone I was extremely high on. And I know, you know, everyone on the channel really liked him. Uh, and that was when he was like a sixth round guy. And then next thing you know, right before the draft, especially once he went to the combine and ran his 4-3, uh, everyone was moving him up, you know, and he went all the way to the end of the third round of the 49ers. But a lot of times that's what happens. Guys who start, you know, late, uh, move all the way up and you see it happen real quick. And, you know, they're not the only ones. There, there are other guys, you know, that the same sort of thing uh, can happen. And it's at a lot of different positions. And, you know, wide receiver right now has some guys as well. And I'm not going to get too much in the wide receivers, of course, because uh, we're talking quarterbacks. But, you know, a guy like Nathaniel Dell, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, the dude... Uh, was a sixth, seventh round pick, according to a lot of you know the, you know the the different uh, draft sites and everything. And now they've got him ranked, you know, some of them uh, as high as top ten quarterbacks in the draft. It, or I'm sorry, wide receivers in the draft. I mean, this thing happens quick. And once we get to the combine, we'll get a better idea where these guys go. Some guys are going to trend up, and some guys are going to trend down. It's going to be interesting, and I look forward to seeing kind of where Hayner ends up going. How about the Niner says, do you think Darnold would accept a backup quarterback three role around the 5 million range? I don't know. I, I really don't. I think that if he saw the opportunity to potentially, uh, you know, get in a system and play for Kyle, the one thing you can say about the 49ers is there has been opportunities for backups. So if you're going to be a backup in this league, number one, you can come play for Kyle Shanahan. Number two, you can come play for one of the most talented rosters. I mean, if you want to be, you know, a quarterback that's able to distribute the ball to Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, to, uh, 
Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I mean, there's so many weapons. You want to be in that. And then you have the potential, uh, the potential to you know get on the field because of injury. Because the quarterbacks there just haven't proven to be healthy. Nothing against them. Brock's had one season, but Trey's had two where he's gotten hurt. Uh, so potentially it's, it's a good situation if you want to be a backup quarterback in this league. So uh, maybe, you know what I mean? Uh, and then, yeah, JL says Stetson Bennett's age as well. Yeah, he's older. Uh, Forkel says, how do you think McGlinchey leaving will affect the O-line? It will be catastrophic if we can't adequately replace him. In my opinion, I don't really trust the depth we have in there right now. Yeah, I don't know exactly where they're going to go with that. Uh, I think there's a little bit... Um, you know, there was some talk early this week that, you know, there was going to be a different quarterback and I, I mean, a different right tackle, you know, and I see that there's some cuts that are coming around the league, but we'll see what happens with those and whether those kind of muddy up the market a little bit for Mike McGlinchey, you know, Taylor Lewan got, you know, released and then you hear in Dallas might release their guy. Uh, so potentially you're seeing, you know, tackles get on the market that could maybe make McGlinchey kind of go down a little bit uh, in the potential. Uh, so I don't know. I think McGlinchey is going to get a huge contract. I won't be surprised if he leaves. I don't know how comfortable the 49ers are with Colton McKivitz. Uh, but what I will say is if the 49ers did decide to go with Colton McKivitz, I would trust them because uh, Chris Chris Furster's done a, an excellent job. Since he took over for John Benton, I feel like the offensive line is actually trended in the right direction. Nothing against Benton. I just think that when he went to the Jets with Robert Sala and Furster took over, he has really kind of change the way this offense has looked offensive line of course trent always helps but uh the way that spencer burford played this year uh jake brendel kind of you know playing at a higher level than anyone expected aaron banks development so that makes me optimistic that you know colton mckivitz can develop under chris Furster, and potentially he could be the guy and we still have jalen moore as well uh my my take lou i see you coming through uh my my take on mckivitz is i think mckivitz is a fringe starter uh, so I we didn't get to see him a lot last year. I thought that when he came in, he played admirably, but I didn't see anything that stood out to make me think like, oh yeah, this guy is for sure the starter. Uh, but I did see a, a guy that's developed that I could potentially see starting. I know they were high on him coming out of West Virginia. They were willing to take him with a third round pick. But the crazy thing is, right, if they're not able to pull off the trade for Trent Williams, Holton McKivitz is our starting left tackle in 2020. Crazy to think, but it's true. That's how high they were on him. I don't know if he's reached the expectations that they had for him, uh, but he's definitely someone in the mix. And, you know, we'll see if, if they're willing. And I, I know they're not willing to pay $15 million for Col or for uh, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, so it might be de facto that it's Colt McKivitt's job. We'll see. We'll see what other guys get ultimately, you know, let go on the free agent market. Uh, Lawan, I know he said that he's not going to be willing to, or basically insinuated, 49ers won't call him because they don't need a left tackle. But that kind of showed me he doesn't want to flip to the right side. Uh, so I think that's something to remember. Um, uh, Paul says, hey, is there any way we can get a list of likely players in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round so we can start kind of looking at them for somebody who doesn't watch college football? Yeah, as I'm going through, Paul, I will break it down uh, because actually, you know, when you look at the list that they have online, a lot of times guys who they have in the, you know, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, um, I don't see them in the same order. So I'll try to compile a list. It's going to take me a little bit of time, so bear with me a little bit. But I'll try to compile a list of guys who I think are going to go in that range. I won't make it I, like 
exact. Like there'll be some guys that I'll put maybe like third or fourth round or or whatever. But to give you guys an idea of who to break down or who to watch, uh, I'll try to do that. That that'll take me a little bit of time, so give me a little bit of time to work on it. But that's definitely something that I can work towards. I've been also working towards getting all my stuff ready for free agency. It's always, you know, big with who the 49ers sign and all that. But yeah, that's definitely something. And I think we'll have a really good idea once we get their measurables coming out of the, the combine. For me, I don't care as much about the numbers. I care more about the film. I think a lot of times it just affirms things for me. So, oh, this guy looks like he's a 4-3 on film. Now he really is a 4-3. I think it just it confirms things that I wanted to know. Lou says, probably need to trade our thirds and move up or down. Bad juju with third round picks. Uh, I mean, compensatory picks in the third round, we went running back a lot. Uh, we did go, you know, with Danny Gray. I still think Danny Gray is going to be okay. I think, you know, every single wide receiver has struggled under Kyle Shanahan that's been drafted pretty much. I know Debo stepped in and played in 2019, but that 49ers wide receiver room was thin. Uh, with Brandon Ayuk played so much in 2020 is because the wide receiver room was thin. Debo was hurt. Uh, Trent, Trent Taylor never got healthy. Jalen Hurd never got healthy. They were having injuries. Now they're a lot more healthy, though. 49ers wide receiver room may be you know, one of the most healthy rooms that they've had so far uh, in a long time, and they're, they're going to have all their guys back. Not exactly a room they really have to to get after. Uh, and then Mr. Corey having fun with McGlinchey leaving. Uh, it's tough. I think a lot of people are going to miss miss Mike McGlinchey. So with this quarterback room, you've got the two guys up top, and I think we've decided that you have to go with a veteran quarterback now. It's just which veteran quarterback is it going to be? We talked about pretty much you know, the guys that are available. I don't think anyone wants to see uh, you know, guys like uh, Nick Mullins back or CJ Beathard, even though they're both available. Uh, Chase Daniel, you know, he's almost 39 years old. You could go that route if you want a really cheap guy. I, I mean, he hasn't really shown me that he can win football games at all. Um, I mean, if you want a guy with a big arm, Drew Locke, I just, I don't think he's, you know, he's the guy. Nate Sudfeld makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, to Other than that, there's not a lot of guys. I think Jared Stidham will get some attention from, you know, some teams after he showed his athletic ability this year. Um, and then Gardner Minshew is just going to be too expensive. I don't think that the 49ers could afford Minshew, even though I would absolutely love it. Dude's got some some juice. Uh, I like, you know, how he how he plays. And so I would be down for that. But hey, what's up, Gary? How's it going? Gary is in the house. Uh, Lou says, who's playing center for us this year? And do you really believe in Burford? I do. I think Spencer Burford is going to be a mainstay at right guard. Uh, for years, I thought his play was very good for a rookie. It's really hard for a offensive lineman to transition from college and the way that they play college football to transitioning to play in the NFL. Not to mention going from playing right tackle or left tackle in college to playing right guard and moving inside. It's not an easy transition, um, but it is easier than going out to tackle. But I thought Burford did a very good job. He showed his strength and ability to move people in the run game. Uh, he did pretty good in the passing game as far as pass blocking. I thought he got better as the year went on. He stayed healthy. Uh, he only had the you know the one game that he missed because of the sprained ankle. I'm sold on Spencer Burford at right guard. I think him and Banks are going to be solid at, at the two guards. And I would love, and you brought up center, I would love for the center to be Nick Sakel. I don't know if that's the case. I haven't got to see him. The only ones who know that, Kyle Shanahan, Chris Furster, Nick Zakel. Uh, I think they are going to entertain Jake Brendel, but if his number gets, you know, too expensive, they're going to let him walk. 
and they'll make another you know move there. I think Zakel, oh, and if they were able to bring back McGlinchey, McKivitz, that was one thing that was interesting. I listening to I listened to Chris Forrester every single week. Uh, to me, he always gave great insight, but I picked up little things about the offensive line, you know, his ideas and just the way he was looking at each player. And he brought up that Colton McKivitz actually had been taking snaps as a center as well. To me, I found that highly interesting. Um, and, you know, and I do believe that McKivitz is going to stay on the outside, but I thought that that was something to at least, you know, to keep in mind as we're looking. But I think they were ultimately hoping it was going to be Zakel. They kept him on the 53-man roster all year. Uh, they let him take some some snaps during the season. There's not a lot of time for those guys to get work in practice, so he's going to have to get work on his own. He is a roommate of Brock Purdy, so uh, we can remember that case as well. So I, I'm thinking they're hoping it's Zakel. He's got the intelligence to do so. He just has to prove that he can handle it on the field, and I don't think we're going to know about that until we get into you know real situations where he's going against you know, this 49ers defensive line and then also you know teams in the preseason. Uh, Mr. Corey says Minshew or Andy Dalton. Um, I would rather have Minshew. Uh, he's younger. Uh, to me, he's he's a little bit more dynamic at this point in his career. Uh, but I think cost effective wise, I'd rather have Dalton. Uh, thirty five years old, veteran, been around, seen it all, played in the playoffs, uh, been in almost every single scheme. He can come in and handle you know anything the 49ers throw his way. Plus, Kyle Shanahan wanted him in 20, uh, 2021. I, th I do think Dalton was somebody the four years were interested in if they were going to move off from Jimmy that season. Uh, they ultimately didn't, and Dalton got $10 million to be a starting quarterback. And so I'm sure he wasn't hating on the situation either. But uh, to me, that's how I would do it. As far as play at this point in their careers, Minshew, as far as veteran leadership and a guy that can do it all for the cost, Dalton. Uh, Fort Call says, if we only would have gone O-line instead of Sermon, yeah, I think, remember, in that draft, they did go Aaron Banks uh, in, in round two, and then they took Trey Sermon in round three. They traded up. They kind of, Fortal, to be honest, they, they wanted to go defensive back uh, with the Trey Sermon pick. So they had planned on trading up and taking Paulson Adebo, who plays for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, John Lynch, you know, we, we, we were on to it. We knew what was going to happen. If you were here with us on draft day, you knew that. Uh, but John Lynch said after that, hey, we were targeting a guy, and he said Adebo. Uh, I couldn't believe he actually said it. But once that happened, they pivoted. I think they wanted to take Sermon you know, with the third-round comp pick, uh, but they had to trade up to get him. And then when that happened, it forced them to go ahead and take um, – uh, I went blank on the, the corner uh, that, that plays for the 49ers right now. I'm, I'm going blank. Uh, not not – um, Geez, somebody's gonna have to help me. The cor the cornerback out of Michigan, the one that was uh, that was hurt all year, basically. Uh, but anyways, they went ahead and took him, and I think it kind of threw everything off in the middle of those rounds. So, uh, let's see. Most of course says Drew Dolman. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I, I I mean I like the fact that he's you know who his dad is and all that. Oh, and it was Ambry Thomas. I, I don't know why I went blank on Ambry Thomas. Whoo, sorry guys. Uh, Lou says, will Brunskill be a Niner this year? I think that's a good question. You know, I think if I think if uh, the four years had their way, they'd bring him back. He was two point four million dollars last year um, after signing his restricted free agent contract. I think he's going to test the market, see what's out there. He is, you know, thirty years old, uh, so he's looking to see what's available to him. Uh, so I think that if he gets offered, you know, a significant amount, he's gone. If Brendel leaves, I think the four years will prioritize bringing Daniel Brunskill back. 
and making sure they have him. Jaylee says Minshew looking for more cash. Yeah, I think so. He's a young guy. Uh, Fourth call says center is also a need for us, in my opinion. Brindle's a good pass blocker, but he don't run block. Well enough, in my opinion. If you notice, both Philly and Casey had great centers anchoring the O-line. It's true, and the 49ers have had some problems. They've made center a priority. Uh, you know, they, when they first came in, they had Daniel Kilgore. They knew they needed to move on from him, and they signed a high-priced free agent in Weston Richburg, and it didn't work out. You know, so then they ended up going with Alex Mack, and I think they fully uh, pictured Alex Mack playing again this year. When they signed him, they signed him to a three-year contract. He ended up only playing one of those seasons, but I think that's what they thought, and it just didn't, you know, it, it didn't pan out. He didn't come back. Uh, so it's it's unfortunate that the 49ers, you know, didn't get um, Alex Mack for the two years they thought why they were going to be able to develop a young rookie center. Um, but, you know, maybe Zakel could be that guy and then we won't have to worry about Brendel. But I do think they want to bring in, you know, if it's not Brendel, it's got to be Brunskill, somebody that's a veteran that they at least feel comfortable with in case Zakel isn't ready to go. Uh, and then thanks everyone for jumping in and saying Ambry. Uh, and then Jaylee says, all right, Aunt Jimbo Winston. Is he available? Uh, I don't even know if if uh, Winston is available on the uh, open market. I don't know. Um, Mr. Chris says, we wanted Walker Little instead of Aaron Banks. We did. I was with you on that. And Walker Little, uh, you know, and that was one thing. We were talking Walker Little. We were talking Paulson Adebo. Uh, once again, Walker Little, a a tackle. And the 49ers were going to take him and move him to guard until he was eventually going to take over for Mike McGlinchey in this situation. This was supposed to be Walker Little's time. Of course, he's been playing tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A good draft pick by uh, Balky, Trent Balky. But yeah, you're right. Walker Little was supposed to be. That was supposed to be their second and third round picks. It was supposed to be Walker Little. They were going to trade up, take Paulson Adebo. And then they were going to take Trey Sermon at the end of the third round. That's where they were going to go. It would have been a lot different for sure. Now, Banks played really good, and I'm excited about you know what Banks is. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When things start changing, you have to figure out exactly how to change your board. Of course, you don't know why uh, you went blank on Ambry Thomas. Oh, stop it. Just stop it. Lou says Matt got married. Uh, it, se it seems to change some things. Yeah, for sure. This, of course, is what about Ethan Postage for center? Dude had an excellent year for Cleveland. I think he's just going to be too expensive. You know, I, I think that when you're when you're looking at you know guys who are going to be available at the center position, I know we're supposed to be talking quarterbacks, but hey, why not, right? We'll just jump into center real quick. Uh, I'll bring up the centers, and I, I think that he's just going to be too expensive, Mr. Corey. Um, you know, your top centers, of course, you got Rodney Hudson, Connor McGovern, uh, Jason Kelsey's Kelsey's probably going to retire. Um, but I mean, let me look at uh, Ethan Postage real quick. See what what his market value is going to be. $7.2 million a year. Uh, you know what I mean? So you're talking, are you willing to pay him $7 million a year? You're right. He did have a really good season. Um, but I think that's something, you know, you got to figure out if you're willing to pay, you know, a lot for a center. The 49ers are paying a lot of money right now at left tackle. Um, and, you know, pretty much they're trying to go cheap everywhere else because they're paying him, you know, to be one of the number one. I mean, last year, Jake Brendel, uh, was a league minimum guy. I don't think he's going to be a league minimum guy this year. So the 49ers are going to have to make some decisions. I know some people are saying they'd rather have uh, Bradbury, uh, Garrett Bradbury as well, coming from the Minnesota Vikings. And I mean, he's going to he's going to be making 11 million. So he's even more ex ex expensive. So uh, to me, the 49ers are probably going to want to go uh, a lot cheaper. Rodney Hudson is the interesting one. 
Uh, I think he's a solid player. Very good. I just don't know how healthy he's going to be able to stay. He hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, since his last year with the Raiders. He's been with Arizona for two years, missed most of the, the time with injury. But to me, he's somebody that I'm concerned about. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, as far as if you're going off who he was, you could get that out of him. He's tremendous center. If if you're going to get the injury you know, guy, then you're going to be playing one of the guys you don't want to play you know, or, or that maybe isn't ready like Nick Sakel. So that's something to remember. Uh, so potentially, I mean, you're, you're right. Hudson is somebody that could be available and, and could be a little bit cheaper for the 49ers. Uh, but I do think they don't want to pay a lot of money for center. Um, I know it's a very important to the quarterbacks, but uh, they've, they've kind of gotten smoked by it and burned by it. I think they'd like to develop. We'll see what the number ends up looking like for Jake Brendel. Jake Brendel was quoted this week as saying he really loves playing for Chris Furster, um, and he would like to be at the 49ers, but he has to do what's right for his family, which you know, understand. Uh, Chris First, I mean, Jake Brendel is over 30 years old. This is probably his his last chance to get a decent contract. It's probably his last you know multi-year deal he could potentially get. But even then, I don't know if he's going to get it. So I, I think Brendel's got to look after. I think in the perfect world, the 49ers would bring Jake Brendel back and then have him come in and compete. And if Nick Zakel beats him out, great. You're ready to roll with a nice, young, interior offensive line. And if he's not, uh, then you have Brendel. That at least you know what you're going to get out of him as you continue to develop Nick Zakel or make other arrangements as you try to bring in other guys. Uh, potentially, you know, that's one way you could go. Uh, let's see. Mr. Corey says they can't just pay Trent Williams and Nick Bosa on the lines and have average players across the rest of those lines. That was exposed against uh, both Super Bowl teams. Well, that's why they're trying to go young. And, and that's it, right? I mean, they hit on Aaron Banks. It looks like they hit on Spencer Burford. Uh, they developed a guy in Jake Brendel. Was he you know, top of the line? No. Uh, but was he middle of the road center? Yeah, he was. You're, you can't have superstars across the board. Um, and I think that's what they, you know, that's what they're looking at. So, uh, potentially, you know, that's what you're, you're looking at with these guys is you have to develop through the draft. And, you know, one thing that you look at with you know, Philly and Kansas city is most of their players, uh, they drafted. And, you know, when you, when you strike on like a Creed Humphrey, for instance, for Kansas city, uh, it's good for you, you know, and, and they're going to have some decisions to make, but it was just two years ago that Kansas city had no offensive linemen when they played, you know, Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. So that that stuff happens. It definitely gets to you. And then JLE is answering Lou and says, yeah, that center from uh, SD that we all wanted with bad knees, uh, JC Treader. He was actually with Cleveland that last year. And yeah, he never played. He ended up retiring. So there was all that conversation going on, you know, during the offseason. Uh, and it never panned out. JC Treader ended up really retiring. So there, there is a list of targets the 49ers can go after for sure. Uh, and, and we'll see. We'll see how active they are in free agency, how active they are in the draft. I haven't really got into centers in the draft or tackles who can move inside. Those will be things that uh, I'll be interested to get into, and I think those will be a lot of fun. But I'm actually going to hop out. Thanks, everyone, for joining me for this live. I'm going to try to do some more over the next you know, uh, week or so. Uh, it's you know, it's off season, so I took a little bit of time for myself. Um, but now I'm ready to get into it, ready to talk 49ers football, get into free agency, get into the draft. And I appreciate you all joining me. I'll catch you guys all on the next one. But until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.